Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, here to bring you the next in our exciting series of content, which is going to be live training camp recaps of the day's practices and events. We're going to be doing these uh, for the first week of training camp as I am on site for the practices themselves. Uh, we'll hopefully be able to record some of these from Flowery Branch, but uh, we'll have these coming out every day over the first week of training camp and then also coming over the remainder of the off season. So uh, we hope you enjoy these new live recap shows uh, and we're going to get them out in podcast format as quickly as we can for folks who prefer this format to enjoy enjoy them as well. So thank you guys. For all that you do, be, be sure to also check out the Falcoholic Live live on YouTube, uh, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays. And also these are going to be live immediately following training camp practices over the next week. So thank you guys very much for listening. Fellow Falcoholics, welcome to another Falcons training camp recap. It is day four. I was on site and I'm joined by the editor-in-chief, the big boss man, the master himself, Dave Cho, not living in a world of darkness today. Dave, how are you doing? I'm in the world of light today, so that's <laughs> yes, good. it's, it's going a rare, well. yeah. a rare look. Yes, <laughs> Dave does, I, you know, go outside sometimes. I was outside a little while ago, actually mowing yeah. the lawn. So that's uh, almost as exciting as training camp. <laughs> almost, almost, you know, almost. Got to take yeah. care of the lawn. Uh, yeah. Speaking of lawns, you know. Guys, I'm sure you're really interested, you know, the Falcons training camp lawn, immaculate. So, uh, <laughs> but yes, we're actually going to talk about, you know, players and football today, not just lawn care. We're going to save that for the lawn care pod coming soon. Yeah, that's um, fair. But uh, yeah, guys, thank you all for tuning in this whole time. Thanks to everyone interacting on Twitter and on other spaces. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and, and I know you guys have been enjoying the coverage and we're, we're glad to bring it to you. Welcome in Don and Tyler and Debo Williams, everyone else for joining us. I know we, we met some of you guys uh, at camp today as well. We said hi to a few more of you, so that was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> odd nonsense, his regards. Uh, he is working on some other stuff, so he's not able to join the show today. You know, I guess that's okay. You know, if, if you can only be on three out of four, you know, I guess that's all right. But um, thanks to Dave for stepping in. Uh, so, Dave... Lots to talk about. Uh, I'm sure you've seen my tweets and other things. I guess that what I would start with is I got constantly asked about Frank Darby because I think Frank Darby's a big, big fan favorite player. Um, and, you know, he was a little bit quiet yes during yesterday's open practice. Didn't hear a ton about him from the two closed practices either. Today, however, Darby was one of the stars of the show. Uh, had a touchdown in 11 on 11. Had a couple nice catches. Really made a name for himself. Really stood out in a good way today. What uh, is your takeaway from Darby uh, sort of bursting onto the scene now on the fourth day of training camp? I think it's great. I, I think, you know, one of the things that I've been most interested in seeing from your observations from camp is just how 
crowded that receiver group seems to be. Um, and so, you know, seeing Darby stand out in the early going here, even if it's sort of one out of a couple of days, is a positive because I think he's going to need to stand out. I think the Falcons have enough interesting guys um, at the back end of the depth chart here that, you know, unless he is consistently impressing um, now when the pads go on in preseason, you know, he's probably going to be, you know, he's going to make the team. I, I don't expect him to be mothballed on the practice squad or anything, but I don't see him carving out a major role without impressing early and often. I think, um, you know, it seems to me like Austin uh, Trammell, mm-hmm. we haven't decided, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, going to get this. I am talking to, you know, Scoop here for those tuning into live. I'll be talking to Austin Trammell Trammell. That's the first question I'm going to ask. Uh, his wide receiver coach from Rice reached out, and uh, we're going to speak later this afternoon, so you can look for that as well. But that is one thing we're going to get to the bottom of. But, yes, Austin I'm going to go with Trammell for this show, and we'll see if I'm right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, another big standout in the wide receiver core. Yeah, a lot of these guys I feel really badly. I know how to spell their names. I don't always know how to say them, so that's on me. But, um, yeah, but I, I think he's been a standout. You know, Lamade's been a standout. Christian Blake, obviously, um, is always in the mix in training camp and, and into preseason, so... Looking at this group, um, you know, I'm rooting hard for Darby. I think almost everybody is. He's got that infectious enthusiasm. He's certainly a skilled player, but, um, you know, he's going to need to keep that up, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It, and honestly, that's kind of been a theme, I think. And part of that is, you know, I, I've only been on site at the two open practices so far. Um, and I think the team, knowing that a lot of f- fans like to see catches they like to see offense you know it, uh, i know a lot of fans have questions about the deal defensive line too but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show but you know front and center basically was 11 on 11 and receiving drills and all this so we, we got to have a really good look at the wide receivers and i would say that the competition is very fierce for those those bottom spots on the roster um, and I know we've talked about on some shows and some of the podcasts with DW as well that, you know, it seems like this is a year where they might consider keeping just five. But <laughs> I don't know how you're going to leave the sixth one off because there's so many guys that could be deserving of that spot. Yeah, and I think it is interesting to think about that because we expect Corderell Patterson, obviously, not only to make the team, but to have a significant role. I think you can really treat him as sort of a de facto six receiver if you need him to be so yeah, the numbers to me would seem to indicate you're going to keep five, but then, you know, you're going to end up putting probably a couple of talented guys on the practice squad where you risk losing them. So it it, it, it feels really wide open, and I don't know what it seems like to you being there at camp, but, like, it feels like so many of these position groups with the new coaching staff in place, like, there's a ton of competition, and it really doesn't feel like there's a lot of this guy is definitely getting a spot. Yeah, yeah, and I would say that, you know, what we observed yesterday with the wide receivers in that, you know, uh, Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley are just basically, like, separated from the other wide receivers, like, half the time. Like, they're just over there working on specific red zone stuff with Matt Ryan and and A.J. McCarron, you know, while the other receivers are going through some other drills and things like that. So those two are kind of clearly safe and like and it's very secure in their top two spots but i would say you know the clear cut number three seems to be alameda zacchaeus right now but then those other two spots are pretty much wide open you know i know um tory mcelhaney of the athletic you know remarked that on um thursday and friday that christian blake was really impressing um yesterday i think you know austin trammell really stood out um today it was kind of split between frank darby and, and trammell they were both um 
doing a lot of good stuff. And Chris Rowland, honestly, today had some really good receiving work. Um, but it's important to note that the guys like Chris Rowland and, and Trammell, you know, they're a little bit smaller, a little bit quicker. Um, they're going to be more impressive at this part of camp when we're not getting full contact, when we're not getting press coverage, you know, these sorts of things. These guys are going to, this benefits them, you know, being in shorts without full contact, they're going to look spectacular. And it doesn't always translate to pads. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, we can only report on what we see, and we haven't seen pad work yet. I think the first day of that will be Tuesday. So, Yeah, and I think it's that's a good disclaimer. I know everybody probably needs that disclaimer. I wrote that Training Camp Heroes piece about a week ago <laughs> before this started. And looking back at some of those guys that I was convinced or, you know, everybody watching this was probably convinced was going to make the team and make an impact. Um, you know, it's good not to get too attached, but it's also a good sign that, you know, they have guys who are legitimately impressive even this early on. Um, and, and I think for somebody like Roland, it's going to be really interesting to see if he can force his way into that punt return competition. Um, because I really have Avery Williams written in there in very strong pencil right now. So, um, We'll see what happens. Yeah, today, you know, an update on that. Uh, same three guys as yesterday. We're, we're back returning kicks and, and punts. I think they basically know that Cordero Patterson's going to be the kick returner. So he's not really even getting involved in a lot of special team stuff uh, in terms of, like, being back there to return stuff. I think they basically know what they have in Patterson. He doesn't need the reps. Um, but uh, it was Avery Williams, as Dave mentioned, who I think – probably should be the favorite because we this new coaching staff brought him in he's their draft pick um and i think it's probably easier to to say you're gonna keep a sixth corner versus a six wide receiver with this offense but you know whoever's whoever was the returner i think is gonna be that roster spot whether it's a six receiver or corner but you know I, i agree with dave i think avery williams arguably had the most impressive college career as a returner. I think he had like nine return touchdowns over three seasons or something absurd like that. He had four Crazy, last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously Avery Williams, very talented, had some good returns in practice. Um, Chris Roland obviously is a factor there. He was getting a lot of reps as well. And then starting on Saturday, Austin Trammell was also involved and, and had some good reps as well. So that competition will be fierce. Uh, and it looks like, you know, maybe, I don't know if, uh, I know Tori McElhaney didn't mention Tremel as being involved in the competition on Thursday or Friday, so it seems like they added him on Saturday, so he must have done something that impressed them enough to, to insert him into that competition. Yeah, and I think it's it'll be interesting to see, too, you know, thinking way ahead here, they're going to construct their practice squad. Are they going to keep two guys? who are receivers with return potential, probably not. So it's going to be that, – that feels like a battle right there that's worth watching too, is Trammell versus Roland, um, especially because the, the coaching staff that picked up Roland isn't here anymore. Right. Yeah, and they're, they're somewhat similar players. You know, I think Trammell, um, obviously at Rice, you know, he, he played a little bit of a higher-level competition than Chris Roland at Tennessee State. Um, but they're, they're similar build. Um, I think Trammell has a little bit more size – uh, Trammell, you know, has just amazing sort of elusiveness. Like, it, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and his explosiveness is excellent, whereas uh, his long speed isn't great. But I think, you know, Roland has better long speed. Um, also good, you know, also good explosiveness. Not quite as elite with his footwork as someone like Trammell. But, um, you know, it really depends on what sort of what the team is looking for. And, you know, Avery Williams is definitely in that conversation, too. So that's that's another fierce battle and it's nice to have the competition to where it's not 
uh, just a sure thing. And it's also nice that it looks like they're going to give it to a good punt returner instead of, you know, sorry, Brandon Powell uh, and your brother if you're watching still. But, um, you know, Brandon Powell had no business being the punt returner. So, <laughs> I don't uh, know yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, uh, he he did some good things um, in that role. But I, I do think that the Falcons over the years have repeatedly said, you know, we are not going to invest in this, you know, even kick returner, really. But, like, we're not going to think hard about, you know, putting some money or some draft picks toward this. And they sort of got the results that they deserve from that over the years. So, yeah, it'll be really nice to see Patterson returning kicks, obviously. He's a legend. But any of those guys, Williams, um, Trammell, or Roland, seem like they could be a great punt returner. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, quick interlude here for a question from Dan the Man. Um, he said he's asking about JV and Hawkins. Yeah, so Hawkins yesterday was very impressive. Uh, had a touchdown in eleven on eleven where he just kind of dusted everyone. It was very impressive. Um, quieter day today. Uh, he was working mostly with the second team, um, so I just wasn't really paying much attention to the second team other than just kind of seeing who was over there. To be honest with you, so can't remark on how well he looked there but i know he he and caleb huntley were kind of splitting the reps with the second team and um i saw huntley get some carries too and he, he looks good you know he's definitely more of a bigger physical back and i think there's a lot more competition for that role which hurts his chances but um you know i think hawkins has been impressive and you know that's definitely someone to watch and with the team getting rid of tony brooks james uh it seems like his path to the roster is pretty clear at this point so um as like kind of the only sort of elusive speed back on on the team so um definitely interesting there um all right let's see so moving on i did i know people were asking a ton of questions about the offensive line and the defensive line and like to be totally honest with you guys they seem to be i don't know if they're like actually hiding those two units from from the media and from fans because uh both the days i've been there now they have been just stuck in the back right corner uh, behind several groups of 11 on 11 and people standing around and it's almost impossible to see anything that's going on over there um, and it may just be that for these public practices they want to put the exciting quote-unquote stuff front and center uh, which which makes sense from that angle but um, yeah I, I haven't seen much but what I can tell you from 11 on 11 is that uh, Matt Hennessy looks pretty good um, he, he looks you know very quick uh, very, very confident at center. He's definitely getting almost all, if not all, of the first team reps there. Um, and he was climbing to the second level and, and hitting pulls and, and doing some good things out there. So obviously not full contact at this point, but um, Hennessy is someone I think who, who who is impressing early. Seems to be more, maybe more of the favorite, the heavy favorite for starting center than maybe we were anticipating. But what are your thoughts on, on Hennessy uh, at this point in camp, Dave? Yeah, I, I think, you know, A, first of all, thank you for the observations because I would not know how he was doing otherwise, so that's great to hear. Um, and I, I think, you know, I did expect Tennessee to win this job. I like Dolman a lot. I, I was interested to see, I believe you tweeted earlier today, Kevin, that um, Dolman was getting some second-team reps at guard. Yes. Um, yep, yeah, and so that, that was kind of one of my big questions heading into it is, like, I know a lot of folks felt that, you know, his best fit is center but whether they would try him at guard, especially with Mayfield getting some time at right tackle right now. So that's that's encouraging to me, and that also is an indicator to me potentially that, you know, Hennessy's got a pretty well-paved job, uh, path rather, to the starting job at center. And I think he'll get it. I think he'll hopefully do well in it. You know, I had high hopes for him last year and obviously didn't get much of a chance to play, but I still think he's a good player. Yeah. 
Um, and then to see, you know, if Dolman does get serious reps at guard, if they keep Mayfield at tackle, um, you know, I could see him pushing his way into the conversation there too. It just wasn't, you know, on my radar for him necessarily to be heavily involved in a guard battle. So we'll see if he continues to just work with the reserves and he ends up being, you know, a versatile reserve or whether he actually pushes somebody like Andrews for a job. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm interested in that as well. You know, I think it's, uh, Dolan was clearly, they view him as a center. Um, I did manage to snap a picture from early in practice. They were doing snapping drills and some, you know, hand uh, some sort of, you know, that sort of stuff early on in practice. And there were three guys who lined up at center. One of course was, uh, Matt Hennessy. He was snapping to Matt Ryan. Drew Dolman was the quote-unquote second center he was snapping to A.J. McCarron. And then um, we also had Joe Sculthorpe, the undrafted guard. He appears to be the third center because he was snapping to Felipe Franks, and it was just those three guys doing that. So that's your center update for everyone <laughs> that's been you know locked in on the center battle there. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I, it does seem right now like Hennessy's pretty heavy favorite, and it seems like the team also does like Drew Dahlman, and they're maybe trying to find a way to get him on the field or you know cross-train him at guard. Um, and I know, you know, there was some concern about his size. I would say that he doesn't, you know, look significantly lighter or smaller than any of the other sort of guard guys that were out there. You know, it wasn't like it was super noticeable that it was, oh, Drew Dahlman, he's tiny or anything like that. So, I mean, he's I, the size I, of us, yeah. yeah, 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 he's, he's just like us. He's a normal sized person, a, but no, uh, poor guy. yeah, yeah, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I think he looked fine. Um, he, he didn't, I, it didn't look like his size was, was an issue to me. Um, I know there were some people claiming that he was playing in like the low two nineties and he looks pretty much, I mean, maybe not quite as big as Hennessy, but I think Dalman's probably playing right around 300 right now. So that that's pretty standard zone blocking scheme, guard center weight. So it's a little on the light side. Nothing that I would be concerned about though. Um, did want to throw in a, a quick plug for you guys tuning in to uh, please like and subscribe. Those metrics definitely help us out. We appreciate that. Check out the community Discord server. The link to that is in the show description if you want to chat Falcons football with your fellow fans. Uh, and check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash live to unlock exclusive show perks, exclusive content, and support us on a monthly basis. We do appreciate that as well, guys. Thank you very much. Um, so, let me get to another question real quick from DST Productions. Uh, they ask, how do you guys see the safety group shaking out? Does Richie Grant eventually take over a starting spot or does Pease bring him along slowly? Yeah, um, so I can talk about what I've seen and then let Dave kind of weigh in on that because I, I know he's going off of basically what we've observed. Um, but Richie Grant is, you know, the only rookie that's not being forced to play with the second team right now is uh, Kyle Pitts. And I think it's just like you can't keep Kyle Pitts off the field. Like he's just so much better than other options. He just kind of impressed so much at minicamp and OTAs that they're like, all right, you're, we're not even going to pretend that you have to earn your spot. Like you're just you just are the best at your position. So other than him, Richie Grant, um, you know, I guess Jalen Mayfield technically is the other one that that's playing with the first team that's because of injuries but you know those those would be the two exceptions but otherwise every other rookie is basically playing with the second team at this point um Richie Grant has looked good against the second team he's looked like you would hope against you know a lower level of competition he's been kind of a standout there I think he had a forced fumble on Friday um he's he uh had a really great coverage rep in 11 on 11 um with the first team 
against, um, I can't remember which receiver it was. It was actually uh, Chris Rowland that was getting work in there with the first team as well. Um, and Rowland just like made this diving sideline catch like that got fully off the ground. And Richie Grant was right there. Uh, Grant was actually lined up as like a slot corner on the play. And, you know, Rowland came down with the ball and it was a catch. But Grant was absolutely, you know, right there. Rowland had to kind of jump into the air to have a chance at it. So um, nothing alarming in terms of Richie Grant at this point. Uh, just most rookies, I think this this coaching staff is going to make them earn their first team reps, and I don't think that's a surprise. Um, but I, I think we're going to see a three-safety rotation with um, Deron Harmon probably getting the most snaps of any safety. That would be my guess. I think he's very versatile and most proven of all the options, so I think he's going to be the guy that's kind of out there. And then Eric Harris, who's the biggest safety, maybe other than TJ Green, um, and then Richie Grant will be the third guy. Um, and I don't know how that's going to shake out in terms of total snaps, other than that I think Harmon's going to get the most, but those I think are going to be the top three safeties, and they're going to all play a lot um, on on Sundays. So, yeah, Dave, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on how they seem to be kind of distributing the snaps there at safety? This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'd agree with you. I'd say if you look back at Pease's defenses in Tennessee, which are the two most recent examples, um, the third safety both years he was there played about 30% of the snaps defensively. So... He's certainly going to use all three of these guys. I think that, you know, your hunch about Harmon being sort of the the most reliable guy, the guy that's going to play the most, I think is going to be borne out. And I think with Grant versus Harris, it's just a question of where Grant's at to start the season. I think if he has impressed the coaching staff enough and shown that he's ready to go right away, they're going to want that playmaking in the lineup. And I think he'll end up being, you know, the de facto starter with Harmon with Harris picking up, you know, again, like 30, 40% of the defensive snaps, they'll have some three safety sets, they'll rotate these guys around. But um, to me, you know, my expectations for Richie Grant are probably second or third to, to Eric um, Robinson. I know he's really excited about his potential, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, I think he'll be a really good player as soon as this year. And I do think by the end of the summer, he'll force his way into you know, a quote-unquote starting job. Just depends on how Pease is going to roll this thing out. Yeah, yeah, I I agree there for sure. And speaking of secondary players, we have a question from Don Emery. Don, thanks for tuning in, man. We appreciate you. He says, uh, who was that cornerback two today? I assume you mean outside, and it was Fabian Moreau again. Moreau seems to be very much the favorite for that spot. Um, But it does give me an opportunity to talk about another 
uh, corner who has been really impressive thus far, and that is fourth-round rookie Darren Hall, who over the course of the last two days has broken up, I think, more targets towards Kyle Pitts than anyone else. Um, Hall's just played Pitts really aggressively. Hall doesn't have standout size or anything like that, but he's just been really aggressive with Kyle Pitts, and that's, I think, worked well because I don't think the quarterbacks are used to, to kind of putting the ball, you know, where only Kyle Pitts can get it yet, so there's been some overthrows, there's been some, you know, really nice tight throws, but um, Hall has been able to get his hands on some of those balls, and I think he's he's coming around very quickly, um, so I think Darren Hall is definitely someone to watch as, as a guy who could um, make his way onto the first team, either at outside or inside corner, quicker than we would expect for a fourth-round pick. Um but yeah, um, you know, other other guys, I know um, Adam Holloway in the chat mentioned Chris Williamson. He had a, an interception yesterday off a tipped pass. And I, I think he has been, you know, of the other corners, the guys working with the second team unit, other than maybe Darren Hall, who's kind of splitting work. Um, Chris Williamson seems to be the most impressive so far. Um, so yeah, what do you think about uh, Darren Hall impressing Dave? Do you think he's got a chance to, to work his way into the starting lineup? Or do you think he'll just be kind of like the first man up? in the rotation i think he'll be first man up um I, not because i don't believe in his talent but i think you know the falcons are probably going to go with a more veteran starter to start things off um i don't have any particular reason to believe that other than the fact that they have you know talked up oliver quite a bit i think they have expectations for how they're going to use him and I think you'll see something like Terrell and Moreau outside and Oliver inside quite a bit. But I do think they'll find a way to get Hall on the field. And I think it's a really good sign that he's playing so aggressively this early on because I think his aggressiveness and his ability to make plays on the ball is one of the big things they liked about him. So if you're, you know, if you're Darren Hall and you're challenging Kyle Pitts in training camp, like, sure, it's training camp, but that's a, a really good sign for your future. And I think long term, He's definitely going to push for a starting job. I just think this year he'll probably be the team's de facto top reserve. Um, and I don't know what that means, you know, especially with Avery Williams expected to get a job, maybe with Chris Williamson pushing a little bit. I don't know what that all means for Kendall Sheffield, and I don't know if you've seen him out there at all, but yeah. he's, he's the guy I have a, a tougher time figuring out, you know, is he going to be able to really push for a starting job, or is he maybe even going to get pushed off the roster? I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kendall Sheffield does have a lot of competition. Um, you know, Sheffield has bulked up, and they list him at DB. They list a couple players at DB. And I think in years past, when the Falcons listed someone at DB on the roster, I think it was like they just didn't bother updating it, and it was an error. Yeah. Um, this This coaching staff is very specific about where they list players. They don't... I don't think they list people wrong, so... Um, there were three players listed at DB. Sheffield was one of them. TJ Green, another one who I think is ma- mostly a safety. But I think maybe those are players that they envision having kind of maybe a slot defender role, a, a versatile role. Um, and Sheffield has kind of been what he's been thus far, which is he'll have some flashy plays. He had a pass breakup today. Um, I think he had a nice pass breakup in 11 on 11 yesterday. And then he will get burned um, inexplicably for someone with 4-3 speed. Like I think trying to remember who it was who burned him today that i i didn't think like should have been able to do that i think it was like um what was it i'm gonna look i'm gonna scroll through my tweets here but it was a uh, it was interesting to see that he like was not you know he, he doesn't seem to uh yeah it's christian blake who beat him down i feel like christian blake's not really a burner 
Um, you know, Blake didn't manage to bring the catch in, but it just, uh, you know, it, it, that's kind of what I think Sheffield is at this point. He's kind of a high variance player, and it's possible that Dean Pease is more amenable to that sort of play style because this is going to be an opportunistic defense. It's probably going to be relying on turnovers more than we would like to uh, keep things from getting out of hand. But um, that's kind of what I've seen from Sheffield thus far is just a little bit up and down. Yeah, and I know it seems like Oliver obviously has had his moments too, which is I, I always, whenever I see Isaiah Oliver's name in a tweet, I'm like, here we go, because the the responses to it are always great. Falcons fans hold <laughs> oh eternal my God, grudge. Dude. Yeah, I had to it's, I had to make sure to like point out because he got beat on like a rep early, and people were just like dunking on him, and I was like, all right, well, what about all these other? You know, no one bothered to look at the ones where he, you know, he broke up a pass and did some other stuff. Like, he's been fine. Um, yeah, so. yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting too with him. Like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be here for the long haul, so I don't know if that changes the team's plans for him at all. But my expectation all along is that he's going to be a, a starter in this defense. So it's interesting to see, like, with the competition there, how that's going to shake out. I'll be really interested to see what happens when the pads go on. Yeah, yeah, me too. And that's that's kind of the next thing that we need to see, you know, see some context, see some other things. But we did have, you know, uh, speaking of contact and, and guys, you know, getting out there hitting, um, Adam Holloway asking about, you know, what, what did the, the, the nickel, you know, defensive line look like? Um, and I did get, you know, some glimpses of both of those packages during 11 on 11. Um, so right now with, with Dante Fowler, Still out on the COVID list. Uh, it was Stephen Means and Jacob Twaddy Mariner at outside linebacker, you know, defensive end, depending on what you prefer to call it. Uh, and 11 on 11 to start. Uh, Grager obviously was one of the interior rushers. And then it was really kind of a, a, a timeshare between Marlon Davidson and John Kaminsky. They both got a lot of work on the interior. So I think both of those guys are, are going to factor in there for sure. And then in terms of run package, um, we had uh, Means still, so it looks like Means is, is probably going to be the number two pass rusher, even when uh, Fowler comes back. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, then we also had, wait, I lost the tweet. Okay, yeah. Uh, Marlon Davidson and John Kaminsky were also playing kind of three, four defensive end roles uh, on in the run package. And then Tyler Davidson at nose tackle with Brandon Copeland actually uh, playing kind of a Sam drop down line of scrimmage role as well so um you know that i think is, is a very interesting uh group there um but uh yeah i i do you have any any takes on on those uh defensive line groups dave i know some people were like literally in panic mode uh when they saw it i was like guys you know if depending on how you feel about dante fowler too i guess but yeah i mean this this is my biggest ongoing concern there's plenty of reasons obviously to be concerned about the falcons this year but like to me, the pass rush is really just such a huge question mark um, because you're going to be so dependent on players who either are solid. Like, we know Steven Means is a is a capable player. I thought he had some good games last year. Certainly, I'm glad he's back in Atlanta. But, you know, you also know that there's sort of a, a cap level of upside with him as a, as a consistent down-to-down force um, getting after the quarterback. And you know that other guys on this defense are, aren't proven yet. You know, they might be really good at it they might be plenty capable we haven't seen a lot of brandon copeland obviously as a pass rushing force in his career um but yeah this is the group that you look at them and you say it's it's really dependent on fowler being healthy and capable it's really dependent on a lot of guys having quote-unquote career years and it's really dependent on peas 
being creative with how he brings pressure um, and, and figuring out the best way to do that. So I, I look at that group and I don't panic per se, but yes, I have some concerns about it um, that are going to have to be alleviated in season. Like I, that's, that's the one group, like I, I have a hard time getting super excited about until I see them in game action. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just, it's really hard. First of all, to evaluate the defensive line when they're hiding them like so far away that I can barely make out numbers. And then second, there's no pads. So it's just, there's not really contact. There's not really anything more than drills going on with those guys. And, you know, there's, there's definitely some, you know, stuff going on in 11 on 11 that you can draw some stuff, draw, you know, observations from, but until contact actually happens until preseason, that's, that's really going to be the time we're going to get a lot of meaningful information about that group. But uh, Dave, I know you got to take off soon. I appreciate you working me, working the show and, and stuff into your schedule. Anything that uh, he's at the Falcoholic folks, Dave Choate, anything that you want to plug anything before you sign off? No, just, um, you know, I hope everybody here is following Kevin, um, certainly in Adnan as well. And looking forward to seeing what camp coverage you continue to bring and uh, talking about camp highlights and standouts over the next few days. So thanks for all the work you're doing. Yeah, man. Appreciate you as well uh, for, for setting it all up and helping me, you know, wrangle the Falcons uh, for, for credentials, which guys, I can't announce that I will be in the press tent able to take at least a few videos on Tuesday, Wednesday uh, that we have had that officially approved. So thank you, uh, Dave and Gina Thomas as well for, uh, diligence on on behalf of making sure <laughs> that the team was going to respond to our requests so thank you guys yes sir looking forward to it thanks again kev yep absolutely have a good one dave take it easy all right guys well i will be i can go for a bit longer here let's switch up the there we go yeah guys um so yeah uh, i know adam you had another question about uh Bullard getting some some work with the first team and yes uh, he he did get some reps inside with the first team today also uh, rookie uh, Dedo Combo Ogundiji uh, he was getting some first team looks as well uh, more like in the base packages but he was a guy that was getting rotated in there and in terms of Taquan Graham still still languishing with the second team <laughs> again it's hard to see from far away but um, he was playing a lot with the second team. Um, and so was, you know, Ogundiji and some of these other guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th I think they're really making the rookies earn it, you know, their chances uh, with the first team. So just something to keep in mind there. I don't think it means that there's any issue with them necessarily. I think it they this is a just a coaching staff that's like, look, you're going to have to earn it over the veterans. You know, you're not just going to get on the field because of your draft stock. So, um I know uh, Hayden Hughes asking about Fabian Moreau. Moreau hasn't really gotten targeted that much, to be completely honest with you. And I think that's generally a good thing because it means whoever he's covering isn't open. Um, but I haven't really gotten to see him, like, get a lot of hands on ball on, on the football or, um, you know, really get challenged all that much so far. Um, and I think that'll change, obviously. Uh, but so far, um, Moreau's kind of had a quiet camp, but I think quiet in a good way. Um, he's he's playing with the ones entirely. Seems to kind of have that outside job locked up. So definitely someone to monitor in the preseason where I think he'll get tested more. Um, Jason Gaines, Kevin, seeing any jumbo three tight end sets that can lead to good play action. I haven't seen any 13 actually run yet. And, you know, they, the way that they have it set up is like, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of motion. Um, and they, they rotate a lot of guys in, so it's entirely possible. I just haven't noticed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're definitely working guys in, uh, I mentioned it today that Kyle Pitts is playing kind of, 
kind of everywhere. Um, he played out wide a lot. He played in the slot a lot, and they had gave him some inline reps as well. I saw him blocking on a few run plays. Hayden Hurst also out there a lot. He got a, had a couple nice catches today. Um, and then I saw Lee Smith streaking downfield just wide open on one play. It might have been a second team play. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, he didn't get the target, but he, he was open. Um, you know, so just kind of that, you know, tight end leak out sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I expect at 13, you know, they'll probably play about 10% of snaps uh, in, in 13. That's about what D, uh, excuse me, Arthur Smith did in Tennessee last year, and then they're probably going to be mostly two tight end, but it'll depend on the, the situation and probably the opponent to some extent, too. Um, yeah, Ollie, asked, Ollie S, excuse me, <laughs> has any player su- surprised you so far? Um, I would say... Austin Trammell at wide receiver. I've talked about him a lot, so I won't spend too much time there, but he, I think, has been the most consistently impressive of the other wide receivers so far on the two days that I've covered in person. Um, but the other one is is really um, Quadri Olison, who has seems like he kind of has a, a stranglehold on the running back two job right now. He was getting a lot of carries with the first team. I didn't even see him with the second team at all, so... It seems like he's basically the the de facto RB two right now. I think he he has a role for this team. I think, um, you know, we we talked about it on earlier shows, but he has a similar build and a similar style to Mike Davis. Not necessarily as accomplished as a receiver, although we did see him catch a few passes today and yesterday that you know look, he looked comfortable doing that. Um, so I think Olson had it surprised me. Not that he's like competent or anything, just that he is getting such a, a prominent role early on. Um, so that would be one guy who surprised me. Um, and then the other would probably be Darren Hall on defense. Just, you know, you never know what to expect from a fourth round rookie corner. Um, but I think Hall is someone who's going to have a role this year, um, and, and could be a, a real nice surprise, um, as the first man up in the rotation, you know, with, with so many corners playing these days and there's likely to be, you know, situations where you might need a dime corner or you might need a corner to step in for a couple games and I, I think it's looking right now like like Hall is going to be that that first man up um I didn't okay yeah sorry I lost your dono there for a second Corey um so let me read that off real quick thank you man we do appreciate that five dollars from Corey Carter uh he asks what do you think about uh Blake Christian Blake uh Calvin Ridley Lamade Zacchaeus Russell Gage Austin Trammell and Frank Darby as the six wide receivers making the team with Cordell Patterson, obviously, as a running back wide receiver combo. Yeah, I mean, that that sort of group is possible. Um, you know, the first three, I think, are pretty much locked in. You know, Ridley, Zacchaeus, Gage. And I, f- I do find it hard to believe that Frank Darby is not going to make the team just because they, they spent a draft pick on him. And I, I think after today, he's certainly been as good as anyone, as any of the other sort of receivers that are competing. Um I guess the one that uh, I I know Tori said Blake, Blake had a good day on Friday. I didn't see it, so I can't really comment. You know, I think he's certainly in the mix. Um, I guess right now I'd be leaning Trammell as as the fifth guy based on what I've seen. Um, but I think you know I've I've I'm doing a roster projection soon, and I'll probably still have Tajay Sharp as the fifth guy just because I think they they do want a little size. Um, but I mean it. I don't know what Arthur Smith likes. I don't know how he likes to organize his roster. We haven't seen it yet. So it's entirely possible they keep Trammell just because they think he's the best player. Um, but I, I do think, you know, it's possible that we'll see it be someone like a, that, like a Tajay Sharp or Jamon Moore, um, who did leave practice briefly today. 
Um, it looked like he was just kind of getting worked on a little bit. Um, it was either a knee or a calf thing. So I, I thought it could be cramps even. Um, and, you know, by the time that was over, I, I kind of lost track of him because we got into 11 on 11 and stuff like that. So something to monitor, you know, Jamon Moore's status going forward. But, um, you know, there's so many good guys out there. I think Roland impressed a lot too. So it's, it's really too close to call now. But I think your prediction is, is a solid one if they keep six. Um, you know, but I think it's more likely they keep five unless... Unless um, the returner is Chris Roland or Austin Trammell, I think they're probably keeping five receivers. For the reason you mentioned, is Patterson really can play wide receiver in a pinch. So he's sort of um, that sort of quasi-wide receiver, an emergency wide receiver if you needed an extra guy. So, um, yeah, it, it's really uh, it's really up in the air, and I think there's a lot of guys making a strong case, and uh, we're going to see how it plays out over the next you know week and then into the preseason here. So, um Alden Carp, how did Matt Ryan play today? I thought Matt Ryan looked fine. Um, you know, it, it's there. There's not a lot of pressure out there or anything like that. But I, I, Ryan was on target. There were a lot of nice completions. Um, you know, it, there, there's nothing that matched the uh, the Kyle Pitts you know highlight catch the other day where Ryan put it in a perfect spot and it was just a beautiful route from Pitts. But um, you know, I think Ryan looks good. There's zip on the passes. They were accurate. Um, you know, no, nothing that I would be concerned about. Nothing that I would be overly excited about either. You know, it, it's just you know the first couple training camp practices but i thought ryan was fine um and the other player i I do want to mention uh because i thought they were very impressive despite you know what we already know which is um aj terrell uh continues to just be what you would hope for which is the the corner one uh he picked off aj mccarron and it would have been a pick six uh he had several pass breakups he just kind of was all over the place, um, doing doing all the things you would hope for from your your number one corner. Um, and you know, I, I'm very confident in his abilities, um, and I, I think he's going to have a great season. So that was another one that I was uh, very impressed with again today. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, guys, um, Jason Gaines, I'll get your question real quick. You got it in just just under the bell here, but uh, he says uh, any shotgun formations with three running uh, three wide receivers, two running backs on the field at the same time. Um, didn't actually see, I don't think I've actually seen that package. I didn't really see many fullback or, or 21 sort of sets either, to be completely honest with you. It was mostly 12, um, almost entirely 12, honestly. And there was a little bit of 11 mixed in, uh, you know, what, like you would expect from an NFL offense that seems to be kind of just the trendy offensive formation right now. But I would say 12, honestly, was where they ran most of their plays. Um, Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts got a ton of targets. Uh, Frank Dar- Darby got a bunch of targets. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't actually see any of, I think that's 20 personnel with, with, uh, you know, three wide receivers, two running backs. Didn't specifically see that. Didn't see a lot of fullback sets in 11 on 11. Wouldn't draw too many conclusions from that because again, it's not, um, it's not full contact and it's also kind of hard to see Keith Smith behind the line. Um, <laughs> based, especially today, you know, they had the offense on the far side and the defense on the close side. So it was kind of hard to see the backfield. Uh, from where I was standing on the hill, but um, you know, I'll continue to look out for those sorts of personnel packages and and keep uh, keep reporting to you guys about what I see there. But um, yeah, guys, we just really appreciate you all. Um, I appreciate everyone who came out to camp and said hi. Uh, it's always fun to meet you guys. Uh, we snapped a few pictures with some folks and um, just some good times. Um, so yeah, just thanks for for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said before, like and subscribe. Hit up the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/FalcoholicLive. Um, and you know, follow, if you're not already following the show, it's at Falcoholic Live. Uh, our normal show time is Wednesdays at 8, 10 PM Eastern time. Uh, so after, 
you know, the training camp stuff is kind of wrapped up in terms of I'll be here through Wednesday. Um, you know, going forward, we'll go back to our normal Wednesday show time, uh, obviously post-game shows as well. We're going to continue doing our uh, play-by-play shows for the preseason games. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are big fans of those, so that, that's a good time as well. But otherwise, guys, if you, if you think of any more questions or anything like that, feel free to send them to me on Twitter. Always try to get to as many of those as I can throughout the day. Um, and I will be back at camp on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, in the press tent this time, so I should be able to send you some clips and some gifts and things like that because I know you guys are thirsty for the video content, so keep an eye out for those as well. Like I said, guys, Kevin Knight, F Alcoholic Kevin. Again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will still have a recap show and other stuff like that tomorrow, but I'll be, you know, once again relying on our other great Atlanta sports media folks. Uh, big shout out to Tori McElhaney for for her coverage. It's been very invaluable for the days that I haven't been approved to be there uh, because, in case you guys don't know, the NFL is just very... Uh, there's a lot of rules right now about how many media members can actually be on the field on any given day. So we kind of have to share a little bit. Um, and that's, that's obviously fine. Just have to, to wait our turn and be patient. And, uh, the team was, was able to get me in this week. So I do appreciate them for working me in. So guys, until tomorrow, uh, I'm Kevin. I keep an eye out. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the format it'll be, but I'm, I am doing an interview with, uh, Austin Trammell's wide receiver coach at rice, uh, this afternoon. So I'll either have that up as an episode of Falcoholic Live, sort of a recorded interview, or I'll do it as a write-up. I'm not sure what his preference is at this point, but um, I'll have that up later so you can get some intel on perhaps the most impressive undrafted free agent of the class so far. So until tomorrow, guys, I'm Kevin Knight. Uh, See you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a good one, folks.